Well, we've been following along with uh, the Russia-Ukraine conflict there. We are welcoming military analyst Jeff McCloslin in this morning uh, to talk about where we are, where we stand now um, with Russia and Ukraine. Good morning, sir. Janet, good morning to you. Well, it would seem that uh, Ukraine says they're not going to negotiate until Russia withdraws its troops. What are the odds of that happening? I think that's almost impossible to imagine. I mean, right right now, what we've seen in terms of negotiations, is Mr. Putin has said he would re- negotiate with others. But, you know, in a speech where he talked about that, he never said negotiate with Ukraine. He's never acknowledged the Ukrainian government. In fact, he doesn't even acknowledge the existence of, in fact, Ukraine. And the preconditions he set in past for those negotiations to begin were echoed by his foreign minister, Mr. Lavrov, who gave a speech of the day saying, Basically, when Ukraine accepts the reality that these four provinces we've annexed are ours and they denazify, basically they, they take down their government, uh, then the war can come to a close and we can negotiate, basically an ultimatum. On the Ukrainian side, what they have said is they would like to see the United Nations host a, a peace summit uh, mediated by the Secretary General to set conditions for a peace agreement or a peace negotiation at least to begin but again, on their side, they've said that will begin when Russia also accepts a war crimes tribunal and agrees to reparations for the vast damage that Russia has done on Ukrainian territory. Very unlikely, I think, the Russians are going to accede to that. So both sides seem to be maneuvering, but neither side really seems to be willing to make any sort of major concession that might allow negotiations to begin. So tell us how how the fighting is going. I mean, uh, the Ukraine was making some pretty good strides last week yeah the, the war is really broken down into two parts now a ground war and an air war on the ground the ukrainians have made great success here in the fall culminating with the capture of Kherson in the south a provincial capital the only provincial capital in fact that the russians were able to seize at the onset of the uh, fighting since then things have kind of stalemated a bit there's still a lot of fighting around a city called bakhmut which the uh, russians seem bent on trying to seize by the end of the year I don't think it has great strategic value, but it has perhaps political significance of giving them some kind of a victory after the embarrassing loss of uh, Kherson. And also right now, at least until winter really sets in, the ground is really soft and very difficult to maneuver heavy armored vehicles. At the same time, we had this war in the air where Russia has launched these vast missile and drone strikes against Ukrainian cities all across the nation, trying to destroy Ukrainian civilian infrastructure and, and electric power grids and plunging cities into darkness. And just the other day, about a million people in Ukraine were at least temporarily without power following one of these large-scale assaults. And now, of course, um, we also had uh, the the holidays. Uh, they seem to have managed to somewhat celebrate the end of Hanukkah, uh, despite everything that was going on. Well, that's true. You know, it's interesting. In Ukraine, they celebrate Christmas on the 25th of December, uh, under the, their version of the Orthodox faith. And Russia, actually, is not celebrated until early January. But uh, across Ukraine, uh, there are unbelievable examples of people trying to celebrate in the midst of this terrible war. Uh, in the, in Kiev, for example, they did set up one large Christmas tree in the center square, uh, and that this a tree at least was powered in part when I was learning uh, by uh, a bicycle generator that was attached so people who could visit the tree pedal the bicycle to generate Uh electricity in an effort to conserve power Uh because of this destruction of the power grid well that's pretty pretty creative uh 
way to do it. Of course, they're pretty creative people, aren't they? Very extraordinary. And, you know, and a lot of them, of course, are adamant that they want some form of Christmas, particularly for children. But, you know, you put your finger on something very important there, Janet, and that is the remarkable resilience of the civil society uh, in Ukraine uh, in this war, which is really a national effort, not only by soldiers, but people trying to fix all kinds of vehicles that have been captured, women and children putting together medical kits, providing food to those who need it, creating apps that soldiers can use for targeting. It's really a remarkable national civil effort. And still today, by some polls, uh, 70% or more of the population is convinced that Ukraine must pursue this war to victory. Do you think that um, Zelensky's visit to D.C. has uh, boistered their um, the the citizens at all? Yeah, I think I think it was a remarkable success, and he made his way back to Ukraine, and, and I think it's also bolstered the uh, national will and the national morale as they saw their president there in the well of the United States Congress. You know, it's again a remarkable event when you consider the fact that. There aren't very many things that you'll see both Democrats and Republicans in the House and Senate stand together and cheer about, mm-hmm. but they were staying together and cheering for President Zelensky, with, with a few notable exceptions for sure, right. but uh, supporting additional military support for Ukraine that he was asking for and that was agreed to in the most recent defense budget and omnibus budget that was signed by Mr. Mr., uh, Mr. Biden a few days ago. Well, we appreciate you uh, getting us the, the latest information uh, with this. Of course, I you know I can't help but uh, keep rooting for the Ukrainian people, um, and I I hope we're going to see an end to this sooner rather than later. But it doesn't look like either side's giving in much, are they? No, it doesn't look like that. Right now, I would say the best estimates is this war will continue for a significant period of time, and, and sadly, this will mean a lot more death and destruction to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Even today, the U.N. has announced that at least 7,000 roughly Ukrainian civilians mm. have been killed in this fighting. That's really sad. Well, uh, Jeff McCausland, military analyst, thanks so much for joining us to uh, talk about Russia and Ukraine. And we always enjoy having you here on the show. Thank you and a happy new year. You, you too. Yes, indeed.